Guys, if you've been coming to our God is series, uh, it's our third week. First one is God is real. Second one we did that God, excuse me, God is mighty. Today we're going to talk about God is glorious and God is good. And I'm going to talk about some things that we walk by every day that you don't notice, that remind us of God. I believe in this, we're in a season now we need to have, be reminded of God's glory and his strength and his power every single day. How many had a week of all weeks because really emotional roller coaster? We went from um, celebrating 9-11, and I know if you're American, that hits you in the heart. Then we went through a, a horrific shooting, and then we went through another one last night. And your emotions can go up and down. You can wonder, God, are you really there? What is going on? How am I, you know, why is this going on around us? And then we had something that was close to us. Someone called in a hoax at Abilene High. There was a shooting and put everyone in, in, in uproar, locked down the school and everything. And I know if you live in this town, something like, it, oh, my gosh, is it here? Is it here? But you can lose sight of how great and glorious God is. But here the thing about knowing about God and re, um, his, his glory has to be revealed. It can't just be, you can't become familiar with it with information. It needs to be a revelation to you. Because we're going to talk about in Psalms 19, that's the one we're going to go to, verses 1 through 14. And as I love what C.S. Lewis says about this psalm, listen to this. He said, the greatest poem in the psalms and one of the greatest lyrics in the world, C.S. Lewis. The reason why we're going through the psalms and talking about God's glory, David was the author of most of these psalms. And David was going through the most horrific time in his life. And he had time and just God pin, had him pin poems and songs. If you've been old school, you remember whenever your, your grandparents were going through something, they always had a song. So when you sing, it makes you feel, makes your soul, uplifts your soul. So when you see about David and you read the Psalms and you say, some of it seems depressing. You'll be depressed too if you are anointed king and the king that you're supposed to replace is hunting you down to kill you like a dog. And then they, they, you, your home place in your home is a cave. And then your subjects to you, come to you. He brings your kingdom to you. His kingdom was, if you look at it in, uh, in, the, book, in the Bible, his kingdom was those who were harassed, those who were broke, and those who were stressed out. Here's your kingdom, David, while you're hiding in this king, cave. I would sing a song, too. Or I would just run out the cave and just jump off a cliff. But he knew one thing. God was in his cave and in his life. And he made his cave a tabernacle for praise. So when you read the Psalms, it's, about a, it's a praise song. In the midst of trouble, he's able to praise God. See, strength is recognized when you're going through something horrendous and you have strength to carry on. And as you read the Bible more and more, guys, I wish I can tell you that the days are going to get better outside of God. But the Bible says things will just get worse as we get better. And it's a lot that you have to deal with. The day-to-day pressures, young people have a pressure they never had to deal with. I had to deal with growing up. They have a lot more. Adults nowadays trying to figure things out. Our economy, all those things. We're like David's. Asking God, what's next? 
And God is really, through all that, was revealing his glory to David. And David would go to the simple places to see it. And we're going to go there today. When you look at the word glory, it's really the singular splendor of God and its response and our consequences to man. It's the splendor of God. You see the splendor of God in the midst of trouble. Now, revelation is an interesting word. In the Latin, the first part, re, means this, to take away. The second part, velum, means to remove a veil. And to have revelation, you mean, it means you remove the veil so you can see what's behind. One thing I learned in the military, whenever there was something that went wrong, catastrophically wrong, we talked about it, but then we had classes later on. What did we learn from it? What did we really see? What was really behind the scenes? And when you talk about revelation, you need to see what's behind the scenes. Don't, see what, don't take things at face value. See what God's doing behind the scenes. I learned so much going through more trouble than anything. I grew up so quickly because no one grows up when it's peacetime, do they? When everything's easy going, you're not growing. Only when there's trouble, we, you start to grow because it teaches you something. So we'll look at in Psalms 19, verses 1 through 14. And there's three ways that God reveals his glory and how his glory is revealed. The first one, God's, God's glory is revealed in creation, is revealed in scripture, and the third one is, is revealed in Christ and in us. Let's look at the first part of Psalms 19, where it says God's glory is revealed in creation. It says the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies above proclaim his handiwork. Hey, touch your neighbor and say you're a handiwork. Isn't that awesome? Now, if you're married, you better say, honey, you're a good handiwork. Now, my wife's not here. She is doing children's church. Um, so uh, I, I can talk about. No, I can't. I'm going to say anything. Take that off the tape. Anyway, day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There's no speech nor words whose voice is not heard. The voice goes out through the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom, leaving his chamber like a strong man, runs his course with joy, is rising from the end of the heavens, and is circuit to the ends of them, and there's nothing hidden from its heat. Talking about the sun. Now, one thing I wrote down here, you know, God's handiwork displays his glory. Now, he's taking, you taking nat- there's two types of revelation. There's natural revelation and there's special. He's looking at nature and seeing God in the midst of nature. But there's a principle here. And I remember, you know, playing sports or anything I was going through. If I made a mistake, I always had a, a tendency to hang my head. And then I come back either to the huddle or to the, to the, uh, to the lock, wherever I was going, to the, to the sidelines. And then if you have football, the, your teammate, he bumped your head up. He said, uh, man, we got more to do. Or your coach, you come off, say, coach, I blew it. We got more to do. You see the scorecard? You see, it? You see, it? You see that? The game's not over yet. Or if we lost the game. If we lost the game and we had our heads hanging, you tell us it's to tomorrow. 
We got 10 more to play. Forget it. Because whenever we're going through something, we have a tendency to look down. Now, animals were built to look down. Cows, horses, to graze. Not paying attention to what's up. God has given his beauty and given us as, as humans to look up. Because when you look up, you start to see the creation. You see his beauty. Because when you're looking down, all you see is your feet and where you left and where you're going. But when you look up, you see what God is really doing. I love West Texas sun. It's out all the time. You go to Lowe's and you buy these plants and they say, it's full sun, not full Texas sun. It'll burn it up. (laughs) Oh, this plant's from Georgia? Don't buy those things unless it's Texas made because the sun will destroy it. Nothing escapes this heat. Nothing. And he talks about as the sun. And when you look outside, guys, what's the last time this morning when you went out? How, love, how many loved the 50-degree weather and the dew on the land? And it was fresh air coming. And you can only say God created this. God did all. He expanded. When you look at that scripture, it says he expanded the horizons, the heavens. Beyond, 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 God created it. And then he created us to live in it. Whenever you're going through something, you got to look higher from where you, like we sung, from where your help comes from. Your help's not going to come from down here. It's only going to come from up here. And the air is a whole lot better up here than it is down here. And I learned, growing up, my mom, keep your head, boy, boy, put your head up. What's wrong with you? Walk with your head up. Whenever I was down, put your head up. She was teaching me something. Keep your eyes on the horizon and keep going, because the horizon has not changed. God's kingdom has not changed. Guys, like we looked over last week, his ways have not changed. Now, our earth is always changing. But guess, you know who's orchestrating all of it? Our God. He has not left the throne room. He has not left his order. Now, in this culture, everyone worshipped, back in the Far East, they worshipped the stars and the moons and, the, and, and all those things. And what God was this pointing David to I created all that. How many love those West Texas nights where the star is just shining like crazy and you're trying to count them? That's the big difference. Now, in New York, you got too much smog, you can't see it. But doesn't it give you another perspective? I always tell people, you're going through a hard time. I say, are you a water person or are you a uh, mountain person? What do you mean? You need to go out to the mountains if you like the mountains and see the expansion of God's creation. You like water? Go see the creek. Go get on the water. Free, him, free it up. Let God speak to you there where it's quiet. Keep, you keep your head up in the middle of a mess, you'll stay in the mess. You'll keep digging more holes. You come out. You start to appreciate God's glory. And that's his glory. Everywhere you look around, you look someone to your left and to your right, that's God's glory. Because we don't look the same. Praise the Lord. We don't act the same. That is by design. We're all on miracles from the Father. And last time I checked, that was a good news. I'll tell you what, but I don't know, but maybe it's not. I don't feel like good news. The heavens, look about the heavens. It tells out the wisdom and the power and the plan of God. When you look at the book and creation in uh, Bible and Genesis, it's amazing. You see that God created the heavens and the earth. Talking about the spirit and then Jesus uh, as they created us. It says God planned it. Jesus paid for it, 
And the Holy Spirit protects it. God planned it. Jesus created it. Executed it. Came back, paid for it. And the Holy Spirit protects it. You hear all these analysts. The world's going to an end. Can't when the Holy Spirit is protecting it. In Genesis, before he formed the earth, it says the Spirit was hovering over. Watching over. It's the plan of God. Same thing with us. God planned each, like we talked about last week, planned each and every one of you. Jesus paid on the cross for each and every one of us. And the Holy Spirit protects each and every one of us. So we shouldn't walk in fear. We should walk in assurance. Because God is not leaving you. In the old, in the, and back in, again, the East, they thought the earth was some big marble, almost like a marble. And the dome, the heaven, the, uh, where the sun was, was a dome. And the earth was in the middle of water underneath, the water underneath with, with uh, hell. And then you have the heavens, and God was above all that. And once in a while, he would open up the doors and bring rain. And sometimes we think God's so far away that we're in some dome. And there's no such thing as a dome. It's his kingdom. Not a dome. It's his kingdom. It's all around us. Think about air to breathe. Think about gravity. If we didn't have gravity and the earth wasn't pitched exactly the way it's pitched, we'll be flung off. We'd be flying all over the place and can't breathe. Think about that. So the heavens tell the wisdom and the power of God. Isaiah 45, 18 says this. For thus says the Lord who created the heavens. He is. I got four gods who formed the earth and made it and he established it. He did not create it empty. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is no other. Thank you, God. That you didn't create it and just leave us alone. You know, there was a, I love um, the great Martin Luther. One thing he said, Martin Luther loved the Bible and he loved his beer. (laughs) Martin was a, a, a rough dude. One day Marvin, not Marvin, what am I saying? Martin. Thank you. Martin had a rough time, especially when the church was going east or west. He walked around like this. You know, you go to a church service like this. Then you have a guy like Sammy, come on! I don't feel like it. And then his wife saw something. His wife went out and she bought a black dress, a hat, and a veil and walked around the house. And Martin asked her, what are you doing? He said, well, since you acting like God is dead, I'm just waiting to go to a funeral. Think about it. This should be the most exciting place to come to on Sundays. And we had to spend the whole time telling you that God's alive and he hasn't forgotten you. 
Take the veils off. The reason why you're still here, because God's not done with you yet. You might have made some mistakes. Life might have just hit you right in the jaw. But at least you have a jaw and you can get back up. <laughs> because we got young people want to know, you got, is this thing going to work? It's in the, uh, they call them the millennials, want to see something real. And what one of their problems is they don't see us being real anymore. I'm as guilty as anybody else. They just think we, God's dead. We come, do a couple songs, and we go home and walk around like this. Look defeated and beat up. That's my next point. God didn't cause to look defeated and beat up. There's only one way that you're going to stay on top and stay in revelation with God. That's the second thing. God reveals his glory through his word. Through the Bible. A lot of folks think the Bible is just some book that has some of God's word in it. I really don't need this. I can I can go many days without it. I'm fine. But scripture, as we go through this part, which I think is the most important part, if you don't get anything else, because you won't recognize the heavens and the earth if you don't know scripture. And singing won't get you, that go, get you going. It'll just give you experience. It will get you <laughs> an experience to wear off. But you need something that's going to fortify your soul. That's going to strengthen your soul. And it says here, God's glory is revealed in Scripture. The first one, we looked at the power of God. And Scripture reveals the person of God. Let's go there. The Lord of the Lord, the law of the Lord is perfect. Reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether, more to be desired than gold, even much fine, fine gold, sweeter than honey and dripping on the honeycomb. I love chocolate cake, but I know the word's better than chocolate cake. Moreover, by them, your servant is Circle that, warned, and keeping them there is great reward. Everything about the Bible, all we need to know about what's in the Bible, all we need to know about creed, our creed, which is our, what we believe, our character, what we are, our conduct, what we do, is found in the Bible. And you see, he contrasted nature with the scriptures, because like the sun, the law renews life, doesn't it? Brings joy to the heart, it illuminates and remains day after day, year after year. If you read the scripture, it says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will stand forever. Now, when you look at the word of God, 
all those things, all those attributes, because that's where you see the goodness of God. As you read this, you have joy. As you read this, you illuminate. Now take that and put that in the negative. If you don't read it, do you have any joy? If you don't read it, are your eyes illuminated to what's really going on? Because when you take this out the equation, think about it, when you take this out the equation, you're suspect to all the things that he says are good, our goodness now becomes a negative in your life. Think about it. Let's break it out. Let's break some of this out. It says the law is perfect. Revives the soul. How many when you're working out and you have some Gatorade in a hot day and you drink that Gatorade, you feel what? Revived. When you get in God's word, when you get in the Bible, your soul starts to get revived. Everything in you starts to become, you're saying, why is that guy so excited? Why is that woman so excited? Because in God's word, there's nothing they've worked up. God's word revives the soul. When everything else will deplete your soul, everything will take your soul, not revive your soul. This is the only place, guys. We can go to a, um, you can go to a, a self-help store. It won't work because there's no power in those books. It's only power in the word of God because it reveals a person. How about this one? Testimony is sure. It makes one wise. Now, last time I, I need wisdom. The older I get, the more crankier I get, the more I think I know it all. Now, think about it. Without wisdom from the word of God, you think about it. Are you wise or are you lucky? Need wisdom every day. Who to choose? Who to, what friends to choose? What bank accounts should I? Well, how do I raise my kids? How do I live this life? I need wisdom on what to do. And the only true wisdom I'm going to find is in the Bible. I'm like, I wish, he said, man, is there another way? No. There is no other way. This is sitting home and getting wisdom for your life. God's book, first it revives, brings wisdom. Third thing is, precepts are right. Rejoice in the heart. Now, I'm not talking about being rejoiced on the outside. My heart's always rejoiced because you get to see the way God sees. You get to see the way God sees. That means no one can take my joy because it was implanted by God. When I manufacture joy, you cut me off on a light. There it goes. When God gives me joy, you can't take it away. Even if I'm flat broke, busted, and disgusted, been there, done that, it can happen anytime. You can't take away what God has deposited in my life. Where is the deposit? It's in the Bible. Next one is, the commandments is pure. It enlightens the eyes. Enlightenment means it illuminates. I see clearly now. Like this one. People are so upset with the world today. And illumination came because I was becoming, as you're older, you get cranky. You start judging people. You know what I mean? But then God gave me a revelation. 
which he should have told me in the beginning. Guess what? Your nature determines your appetite. You need to write that down. Your nature will determine what you eat. If you're eating from the word and from me, you have a new nature. So you'll do what that new nature does. The world is not eating from the Bible or from God. They don't believe in God. So they have a fallen nature. So they're going to do very well what their nature tells them to do. So why would I get upset with them doing what they're supposed to do? The only time I get upset is when we, with the new nature, don't go ahead and touch the old nature. Then we're not, then I get upset because we're not doing what we're supposed to do. Enlighten them. God, oh man, I can't believe they did that. And God said, yeah, well, they're supposed to. Did they know any better? Try giving a two-year-old a Ferrari. Do they know any better if they crash it? No. See, it's more than just doing this. It really is. It's about enlightening people's lives. When you enlighten, you can enlighten other people because you only give what you got. But then I, I got that's in my own. Oh, my eyes are enlightened now. Why am I getting so judgmental of them doing what they're supposed to do? Because they only do what they're taught. Before I was born again, and then Jesus, I said, told God, why is it taking so long? He said, man, it took you 30 years. I said, God, I thought you were on my side. That's why I'm patient. That's why I'm patient. I want everyone to come to the knowledge of the truth. But I need you to give them the truth in love. Fear the Lord is clean. Oh, man, it's clean. Because my Lord is clean, I'm clean. I have a healthy fear of God. Here's the thing. I don't sin against my wife because I love my wife. I don't sin against my, wa- my wife because I fear God. Because when David, after David sinned, he never said, I sinned against Bathsheba. He said, I sinned against the Lord. So when you have that relationship with God, it's like when my, you know, my parents can spank you forever. But whenever they say, I'm disappointed in you, Oh, my gosh. I'd rather take a, th- a dozen spankings. Because don't say that word, I'm disappointing in you. I always wanted to make them and please them. I never wanted to be the guy behind bars and watching my mother cry. I had a healthy fear and love for them. Same way with the father. I don't fear him because he's going to kill me. I fear him because I love him so much. And he loves me so much. And he has confidence in us to get things done. Sometimes more confidence than we have in ourselves. I, mean, I really want you to understand just the, the miracles of God. I mean, you didn't even notice Grace Point Church is growing. We had more babies born in a month. All we got to do is give them a membership card. The miracle of birth. If you're a dad, Whoa, we were talking about my experience with the Milana. This is great. <laughs> but I was like, oh, my gosh, this is something else. That's a miracle. That's God. When you're there and you, and you come over and everyone's, the baby, you know, the little baby right here. 
I'm not, I'm not coming any closer, John, okay? Because John's like, don't, don't come over here. <laughs> it's a miracle. That's what keeps you, oh, man, God is still working. Now, he shut down the baby business. He shut down the heavens. He shut down the sun. He shut off the word. He shut down every church. Then we'll be worried about it. Or his spirit said, I'm done with this. I'm done. I'm not even coming back to get you guys. Then we have reason to fear. I love that cartoon. There's no need to fear because underdog is here. Anyway. (laughs) All right. Come back to me. It's amazing. So I'm saying in these days with the revelation of God, see God in everything. Even when it's something bad, you got to see what he's doing. In Boston, when we had the Boston shootings, it was horrendous. But we had a church right there in the center of it. Do you know that people went to church there? They started a second campus, and they're busting at the same going to a third campus? What happened? Something happened, and God was in the middle of it. Do you know in Iraq when we have wars and rumors of wars and all those things, there are people planting churches there. You have to keep that perspective and that revelation. And, oh, God, even in, that's when you know Romans 8, 28. In all things, God works great, good in all things. Not just some the great things, all things, which means the negative things. You keep that perspective. The rules are true. It's righteous altogether. You know, when you look at the Bible and you look at God's word and those are six things the way he calls his law, somehow we kind of think we're restricted. But really, it teaches us how to live life to the max. Because if we didn't have stoplights, if we didn't have speed limits, would we be around much? Don't you like those boundaries that keep you there to max out your trips, better to max out your life, better to max out the next unit, everything you're doing in your life? It's not going in God's, getting with God and getting in his word is not restricting him. It's actually living to a full life. It's uh, most, getting the most out of his life. Because people say, why are you so excited? Because God is exciting. Man, he's just fantastic. I can't believe he did that. I can't believe he healed them with cancer. I can't believe all that. In the midst of all that, brother, how can you have so much joy? Because it's the word of God, not me. I'm a, my personality's not like that. It makes life to the full, not restricted. Why would you want to die doing less than what you were called to do and be? It's like taking a 350, well, I don't know engines anymore. Taking a 350, I think this last thing I remember one about one you can figure it out, and driving it like it's a 125 or something in low gear. What do you want to do with that 350? It was built to what? Here's us. We were we were created lower than the angels. Jesus came back died on the cross, gave us authority back on the earth. 
to be kings and queens here on the earth and produce kings and queens with a covenant. Why would I want to live below that when my calling is above that? And nothing worse having something so great and so fat and you don't use it. I'm learning the new iPad stuff. Apple does a lot of things. I'm on 10% on what it does. Turn it on, turn it off. And it's screaming at me, Rich, I got so much power. I said, I know, but I'm lazy. <laughs> Same with us. You have so much power and authority to trample, to walk, to be. Don't live your life below it. But how do you find all that out? Because you've got to read what it says about you in the Bible. Before the Bible, I thought I was just here on this earth as an accident. And then my time was up at 35. That's it. That's what was told to me. That's it. Work didn't mean much. I was great at everything I did. Had no fulfillment. Met God. Everything changed. I'm not dying. I'm not, I'm not an accident. I was playing a long time ago. I'm not behind. I don't have to sell for, no, for anything less than that. Why would you sell your life for anything less than that? What happens is, as um, Matt Chandler says, when we don't go to God, we go to other things to fulfill our lives. And, and um, one of the great men of God said this, everyone is thriving and asking because God created us. We are actually hungry for the glory of God, but we fill it with other things. We try to fill it with be a better self or you try to fill it with someone else. You be everything I need you to be. Why would you do that? They can't be that. So you find your worth in someone else. You're my everything. Bad move. God's your everything. And that's what you really need. Stop trying to fill it up with all these imitations. Think about it. Trying to fill your life with stuff that don't mean anything. That you can't really take with you. And really, you're putting the other person at risk because now they're starting to sell for something less. Let God bring you somebody. But if you're with somebody, be true to them. The world says you're not supposed to. Well, that's, if your nature is that way, you'll do that well. But if you know Jesus Christ, you need to live another nature. But don't settle for something less than you who you are. Young people, don't settle for less than who you are. You were born to do greater and greater things. Don't get in a rush. I need to do I need to, I need. No, you don't. God will bring that. He knows exactly what you need. Us adults who are starting over again, God knows exactly what you need. You don't have to fill your life with stuff that don't work and with people who really don't care. Unless they were God. Your greatest, greatest achievement is walking with, if you're married, your best friend who God ordained for you. Because that speaks volumes to my children and my children's children. Think about it. Decisions we make, that's what I'm saying. In the Bible, every decision we make, guys, is a spiritual decision. If I decide not to give my life to Jesus, think about where I would be right now. I probably wouldn't even be here because I was trying to get out of here. 
Now, it takes all your doubts. I don't know if God's alive or real or not. It doesn't matter. You need to put it in your mind. He's real. And I got people and I got people behind me. I got people in front of me and I want to fulfill everything that God called me to do. Last thing is, he's revealed. God's glory is revealed in Christ. Here's my prayer. Psalms 119, verses 18 and 19. That's why I pray every day. Hmm. So open my eyes. That I may behold the wondrous things out of your law. I am a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. They wrote this song. We are passing through this earth. Our destiny, our goal is heaven. Our destination is heaven. But it's a motivation. It's more than a destination. It's a motivation. And my sojourner, and a sojourner is going into a country you don't know much about. But in God's word, everything you need to know to make the journey purposeful, effective, is written here. Like we said last week, your life is written. This thing's written about your life that God has wrote for you. But the only way you're going to find it is in what he said. It's not going to be in another person. It's not going to be in a self-help class. It won't even be in a worship service. It will just be an experience unless you know for yourself who God is. As the days are going by, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you are speeding up, Lord. You are speeding up. And how I know that? Because it says so in the Bible. I'm not fearful. I'm expectant. Because this is our greatest hour as people on the earth who say Jesus is Lord. But those who don't know Jesus, the, 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 the ground, the, uh, what you think you have time for is shrinking. And here's the thing. It used to be I was a good Sunday school person. I was a good church attender. Now those are being singled out to say that's not real. I want to be a good disciple. I want to produce some fruit. Think about it. And I want to study my Bible. I'm not going to get to the third point. I want to study my Bible before I have to study my Bible. Pastor Rich, what are you talking about? You know, it's kind of hard to build a house in a storm. I know when you talk about reading the Bible and people, you know, God's revealed and all that, that's great, Pastor Rich, but you know, I don't get nothing out of it. But you know, when you're building, putting something together, when you're building something special, is a, there's a part was brick by brick. Every day you get in that Bible, there's a brick you add to. And then you look back in about a year or so, and you'll see a house that you built. Because when the storms come, and some of us are sitting through them right now. You're like, I want to, give me that, what was that scripture saying? It's too late. 
it's too late. You build, you read before you have to read. You build yourself, you're building something special. You're building a house. You're building yourself up. You're enlightening yourself. You have joy that other people need that joy. You're walking in confidence, not fear of losing something or somebody. Because you know God who never leaves you or forsakes you. But you're only going to find out when you read it and you start building the house. So when the storm of loneliness comes, the storm of depression comes, the storm of my kids rejecting me comes, your house will not fall. And they'll see your house doesn't fall. And this, I want to build a house like that. But you can't try to build a house in the middle of a storm. And those are days when you say, I'm not getting, you're not, that's about getting into your mind. It's about getting into your soul. Remember, not talking about experience, talking about revelation. Guys, if you come back next week, spend a week today, this week. If you need a Bible, go to our welcome desk. We have a bunch of them. Get in that Bible. Find out who God is, and then you find out who you are. Start building something special. Build the person that God called you to do, to be. But you have to build it. He laid it out. He built it. When you look at Psalm 139, our whole life has already been written out. My whole life is figuring it all out. And guess what? That's fun. Because if you told me now, I'd probably run out the door. Build something special. In the last days, we are in the last days. He spoke, it says in, in Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. You can go online. All the notes are on there. I'm not going to get there. So the prophets, he spoke to the prophets. He spoke to them. But in the last days, he's speaking through Jesus Christ. Christ is the source the revelation, and the last thing that you're going to hear from God is Christ. you got to have a relationship with him. Sometimes I say, Pastor Rich, you need to, I wish I had a word that just, hey, this is fun, but I'll just do you a disservice because fun lasts as far as I get out that door. But think about it. It's not conviction. It's about climbing and start building again. Read your Bible before you have to read your Bible. See, go outside this afternoon. Look at the glory of God. Go out tonight when we're going to have no clouds out and look at the stars and who created the stars. Then look at your, your family. Who created something so special and so wonderful? And I tell you what, God will give you deposit into your heart. Because it's hard not to look at the stars, look in the word, and not meet Jesus. As Jesus said in John chapter 5, you look in the scriptures hoping to find eternal life. But if you look at the Bible all the way from the beginning, it talks about Jesus. Everything. He is everything. He was everything. He's going to be everything. So make him 
your everything. Go beyond your doubts and don't go, be, don't go on what you experience. Go by what you know. Because you can experience some negative things in the church. I understand that. We talked about that in membership class. But one thing I know, I might experience something negative, but my God is all positive. What are you trying to teach me? Pull back the veil so I may see. Man. That's what it's about, church. The relationship with Jesus. He's the source and the center in the end of everything, God has to say. You got Christ, you got everything. Put Christ in the middle of your marriage. That's crumbling. Reason why it's crumbling? Because he's not in the center of it. We, we walked away from it. We did it on a day when a pastor married you and said all the nice words. Then we walked it out on life and left the Bible there. Because that's when it really gets tough, when you get to discover each other. Isn't that fun? Money guys are too scared to say anything. Come on, Greg, you're strong. I pray for you every day. Have our life group leaders come up. You're a guest. Don't forget you can go by and redeem your gift. And, guys, if you've been coming for a while, you know I'm animated, so I love to move around. I got I to gotta figure that out with my iPad up there now. My son bought me that nice thing, but I have to start walking around with it. But I knew I wouldn't get to the third point. God showed me that today. Ms. Dean told me that today, too. So <laughs> I got to listen to the intercessors. Uh, but really, I'm not here to beat anybody up. I pray that you go beyond instruction, that you have revelation, because you don't need to live beyond or below who God called you to be. It don't matter what age you are. You can be 80. If you're still ticking, you got it going on. If you're 15, great start. Has nothing to do with the experience. It's all about the relationship. And I don't want you, here's the one thing. How many right now, just admit right now, you're walking in some type of fear? I can feel it. I'm going to pray for you that at the end of the service, I want you to come up to life group leaders to pray with you. You don't walk around in fear. Fear is what you walked around before you were a Christian. That's all you knew. That's all you reacted to. When you're as a believer, you know God loves you. God knows you better than you know yourself. So he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us what? Power. Power. Say it again. He didn't give us a spirit of fear. He gave us what? Power, love, and a sound. Guess where it came from? Yes, I'm closing. Know where I got that? I read it before I had to read it. And sometimes I still have to read it. As a leader, 
the one of the biggest thing you fight against is fear. Fear, fear of failure. Because if you lose or you think you failed, you get shot at. If you win, you still get shot at, but it's still a fearful thing. Miss Miss Dean wanted to share something with you. Then we'll close. I believe that there is a word from the Lord. And when Pastor Rich said, is there any fear? I know it was the word from the Lord. And it's from John 14, 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Mm. And those six words are the most powerful words in the word of God if he is your God. They are the most powerful words in the word if he is your God. Mm -hmm. Don't let your heart be troubled. Yeah. Don't let your heart be troubled. That means you have a choice. You can let it be troubled or you can let, let it believe in the things of God. And the word of the Lord, there are three, three scriptures that I believe he would have me to read over you. So to, just to remind you this week, and if I were you, I'd write them down and I'd read them over and over. <laughs> that first one from John 14, yeah. let not your heart be troubled. And from Psalms 23, the Lord is your shepherd. Yeah. You shall not want. He makes you lie down in green pastures. Yeah. He leads you beside still waters. He restores your soul. He leads you in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you do not have to fear any evil, mm -mm. for he is with you. Yes. His rod and his staff, they will comfort you. He prepares a table before you in the very presence of your enemies. Yeah. He anoints your head with oil. Your cup runs over. Yes, Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Don't let your heart be troubled. Yes. The other scripture is Romans. I'm going to hurry. Okay. I'm hurry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. You could. Romans 8, starting at verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for you, who can be against you? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How shall he not with you also freely give you all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of the father making intercession for you. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yeah. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Yeah. I am persuaded that neither death nor life mm nor angels, mm. nor principalities, mm. nor powers, nor mm. things no. present, nor things to come, mm. nor heights, nor depths, nor other created things shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. I declare Woo. over you today, your heart does not have to be troubled. I want you to know that just as Jesus is sitting at the right hand of, of, of the Father making intercession for you, if God is praying for you, who can be against you? Yes. Man, wow. Where did she find that at? 
That's a perfect example of what the Bible does. See, did your soul jump? Don't go a day without it. I love milk. I love my cereal. Can't go a day without it. You don't like me without my cereal. You wouldn't like me without my Bible. That's a, you see, your, that was a, thank you, sister. That was a perfect example. Your soul jumped because that's just the word spoken over you. Now think about when you read the word going into you. It's not something to do. It's who you are. And if you only five minutes, that's fine. God, don't take God no time to do anything to get into your soul. If you need one of those um, um, devotionals, it's okay. There's no condemnation in that. We want you as a church to be healthy and overflowing in everything that you do. Amen? Why don't we stand? Again, if you need prayer, how many, that word spoke to him today? How many spoke? Come on, be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Now more of y'all raised your hands before I ask you about fear, see? Because I know. That's why we changed the whole message. That's why I was walking around the hallway. Like, okay, I can't preach what I was going to preach because this is not going to work. Because I know what God wants to say today. And God, here's the thing I want you to know. I'm two minutes over. And I want you to take this. heart that God loves you you say that's cliche no you have a revelation of God's love you have a revelation of life you you didn't walk too short from God you didn't fall out of favor with God because Jesus came and died on the cross for the things we we're going to do. In perfect love, listen to me, cast out, not some fear, all fear. You go to 1 John, give you a lot of scripture. So I'm going to pray, and you come up if you need prayer, and our life group leaders will agree with you. That's what we do in groups. It's the same thing. We pray, we get in God's word and say what he says about us. We come with our issues. But we leave encouraged because God has an answer for every issue that we might have. That's why he's God. And Sammy, can you close us in prayer, sir, so I can go in the back, make sure I'm doing what I'm doing.